name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him, because he was not following us. But Jesus said to them, Do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterwards to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. I hope you all voted this past week, and I hope the people you voted for did not get elected. That's right. I hope your guys and gals didn't get elected, and I challenge you today to get to know the candidates you didn't like who got elected. Read more about them. Talk to their supporters and eventually pray for the success of that person. That's what I've been trying to do for a person who I can't believe got elected over the person I voted for. And today I want to share that process with you in hopes that it traces a path for me and you to be better citizens of this country and of the heavenly kingdom. Here's the steps I went through. First, I was upset. What a bunch of morons. How could people choose this one and not that one? But then I got over my judgments and got curious. Well, maybe I don't have the whole story here. Who is this person really? And finally, with the help of today's gospel reading, I got praying, for Jesus instructs us today that whoever is not against us is for us. And I think that's a great progression for us in these divisive days so let me retrace my steps in further depth. First, I was upset. And that's okay, because elections are upsetting by nature. They're competitions, and they have winners, and they have losers. Everyone thinks elections are great at the start, but they only remain great for the winners. And I see it all the time with my kids. I see it all the time with my kids. Let's play Candyland, says Nora. No, let's play Uno, says Nautic. They argue. I say stop arguing, we can play Uno and Candyland. I want to play Candyland first, says Nora. I want to play Uno first, says Nautic. Okay, rock, paper, scissors, whoever wins gets to go first. So both kids love that idea for about five seconds until there is a winner and there is a loser. I wasn't ready. Uh, best out of three, you cheated. It's human nature to be upset when we lose, so it's no surprise that these feelings pop up every two years in our country's great competition for leadership. Yet as adults and good citizens, we're supposed to, to grow out of being poor winners and poor losers and we're challenged to get beyond our anger and to get curious. I wonder why my candidate lost. What were they missing? I wonder why the candidate I didn't like won. What am I missing in them that others see? It's just so easy these days to point the finger and find conspiracies. It's harder to just look in the mirror, put aside our own biases, and try to understand how different people think and what they value and how they vote. I tried this with the candidate I didn't vote for who won. 
And what I found from reading more about them and talking to a couple of their supporters was glimpses of a real person under an extremely distorted image of advertising. Advertising by the opponents and advertising, frankly, by the person themselves. Do I love the candidate now? I don't. Do I hate them? Absolutely not. It's easy to hate an image. It's a sin, really, to hate an actual person. So I invite you to join me in learning to move from anger to curiosity, be that in elections, in morality, in public discourse, and we'll probably be better people and better citizens of a better country for it. But our aim in church is higher than good citizenship. We aim to be citizens of the kingdom. And Jesus sets the bar much higher in today's reading. The disciples see a stranger healing in Jesus' name and they shut him down because he's a competitor. And Jesus rebukes them and says, whoever is not against us is for us. Now be careful here. Jesus, this is not an outreach message to new faithful. Jesus is not encouraging watered-down and lukewarm Christianity. To the contrary, everything Jesus says and does demands a radical commitment. Sell your possessions and give alms, he says. If any wish to follow me, they must deny themselves and take up their cross. So Jesus' message of inclusion, whoever is not against us is for us, is a message for his trusted leaders, for his insiders, for his disciples, for you, and for me. Because once we get the taste of the power of God, it can go to our heads. We start seeing winners and losers. Our opponents become our enemies. And Jesus rebukes us in the strongest words and says, if you aspire to seriously follow me, you must totally free yourself of making your opponents into enemies. If you seriously wish to follow me, be a leader of God's church on the altar, in the choir, in the parish council, the women's guild, you must totally free yourself of making opponents, your opponents into enemies. Because it's this fundamental flaw of human nature that when we lose, and life, frankly, is to lose, that we turn to blame and scapegoats. And when we lose approval or control or respect, we see enemies where there are none, just to bolster up our wounded egos. <coughs> but Jesus, to conclude, he shows us a better way. And it's not only in today's reading, but it's this entire season of the cross. Jesus knows better than anyone how hard it is to lose. To lose the approval of the crowd, to lose the love of his family and friends to lose control of his very life. But by the cross, he taught us how to lose so that in the long run, we can win. He shows us to tame our anger with love stronger than hate. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. He urges us to cease making enemies of opponents, for whoever is not against us is for us. And finally, he urges us to pray that where our humility, patience, and love fail, the grace of God never fails, for what is impossible for men is possible for God, now and always, and unto the ages of ages. Amen.